Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have outstanding guests today. We have a returning guest, Dr. Jody Bramer. She's going to be on with us for a couple sessions, and she's a marriage and family counselor, and she specializes in the military. She's a military wife herself, as well as having treated uh, military personnel and their families for many years. And then we have a really neat author coming on today, Rob. We have Lily Leonardi, and she's the mm-hmm. author of the shadow of a badge um and i you know i was reading her background and it was just so interesting you know that um you know she's been with the fbi she uh had her own medical issues uh related to uh pst uh sorry post traumatic stress and i just think it's interesting um you know to have somebody retired from the law enforcement professionals, you know, give us a different take. You know, we've got counselors on, we've had lots of people talking about PTS or PTSD, whatever you want, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you floats your boat. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, because the jury's still out on a lot of this stuff. It is. And I think her perspective is so interesting because she has sort of had to wear multi hats all in the same day, <laughs> let alone in maybe a decade. You know, some of us may uh, have served and then have gone home and then become a parent, or sometimes you're a parent and then you enlist and then you're deployed. So she's kind of had a multi-level, having to wear many hats in one day. And her method of, of coping or method of processing or method of, of uh, just assessing her situation and, and getting through beautifully and successfully is is such an intrigue and um, we're so delighted to have her it is you know she worked at the crash site of flight 93 in shanksville pennsylvania you know that was one of the aircraft that was involved in september 11th and that really forced her to confront her connection to the divine which again is something you don't really think about with you know you don't think of spirituality and the fbi in the same (laughs) the same concept (laughs) that's what i found was intriguing Exactly, exactly. But how one supported the other, that, that's what's what's really beautiful. And um, her daughter had called her RoboCop at one point in time when she actually took offense to it. But I think uh, then she realized that, yeah, I, I have to... I have to focus on the task at hand, and and isn't that true with so many of our military personnel? Where, where uh, we've juggled, tried to juggle this so many times with communications, and sometimes when people are deployed or on duty, so to speak, they can't always 
communicate back home on the same level. It's nice for them to know that, yes, we're thinking of them, but they might not be able to have that casual conversation because they are, they're doing their job over there. Well, and I will tell you, you know, when I think of, you know, deployed parents and I think of myself as a single parent and, you know, I look at the kind of mode you get into uh, and I'm I'm much harsher, I think, than the other mothers, Rob, in certain respects because I have to get things done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I don't mm-hmm. have a husband that's going to take my car to the shop or and you get into this mode of like, look, you know, I'm sorry, but emotions really don't have a play in this. I've got, mm-hmm. you know, X, Y and Z to get done. It's like when I have. I had a car accident on Friday and mm-hmm. um, I was in and out of that accident in like 10 minutes. I'm like, here's my insurance. Take your insurance. Take a picture. Here's this. Here's your email. Here's this thing. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, you know, I had to get on the road. I had to get. And when I got finally, you know, to my destination, I made my presentation and then I met a friend of mine for a late lunch and I got there, Rob. I lost my purse. I couldn't find my phone. I left it in the bathroom. I was a complete mess, but I had functioned all the way up to that point. And my friend yeah. Monique was like, what's wrong with you? But you get in that mode because you do what you have to do. And it's outside the norm of most families. And I Isn't think that true? in an es- escalated level is what our, our soldiers and especially soldier moms go through when they just get used to it. Both sides. Absolutely. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Oh, it, it's it's really wonderful that we have the opportunity to share these kinds of things because so many times someone will experience these these sorts of things and say, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? But <laughs> you really do have to face the fact, just as you recall when your mom died and my mom just died recently um you you go through the function of what you have to do and it's a couple of months later that all of a sudden you say all right i need to have a little cry (laughs) (laughs) or okay i need to just kind of slow down here you know why am i why am i doing the silliest things where did i just put that post-it that i just wrote oh it's still in my left hand it's those kinds of things that um yeah we have to give ourselves a little time well that's my lean cuisines that were in the garage with the paint oh dear (laughs) (laughs) found like a year later i kid you not i was went to the garage to do some touch-up and i went to get my paint for my kitchen you know and i went in there and i'm like there was a stack like they had a sale of lean cuisines like you know a dollar a piece or something like that and I had, I don't know why, but after my mom died, I was putting my groceries away and I thought I should put my lean cuisines in the paint cabinet. <laughs> oh, gosh. And isn't it wonderful to be able to laugh now at it? I mean, at, at the time when, you, when you're sort of distraught, you, you just are bothered by those things. But those are the kinds of things that you have to sit back and say, yep, there's evidence. Yeah, I, I needed to just kind of kind of regroup. And, and I think so many times we just need to give ourselves that permission. Right. Well, and the acknowledgement of it, like what I liked what you said about, you know, the RoboCop thing, um, you know, because for a while there, you know, when I had the two little, my kids were really little and I'm like, you know, running my company and, you know, taking care of my mom and running to the hospital and doing this and this. And people are like, you know, oh, you're amazing. You know, how do you do all this? And it's like you do it in this different state of mind, which really pulls emotion, complete emotion out of it. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. anything. It could have been a birthday party and I didn't feel anything during that time because like that whole wall was shut off and I know a lot of family members have told me when their you know husband goes on deployment they shut that side of themselves down because it's the only way they can get through right anyway I hope you had a great vacation you were away and welcome home I did 
I did. I didn't do anything. I like Good. looked at the water. I walked around. I cooked, you know, for my family. And I just, I just needed to disconnect from everything for a while. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot of women out there like me that hadn't had a real vacation. I hadn't had a real vacation. And a real vacation to me is something you don't even have to go to a hotel. You just need to oh, go gosh. somewhere else yeah. and not work for the week. And I, you know, I haven't done that in six years. Oh. And, um, I really felt a difference before and after, uh, Rob, I'm a different person. When I left, I was so stressed out. I was so strung out and I didn't realize how bad it was until I got back and Mm -hmm. realized what I could be. You know, that's the thing that this stuff creeps up on you. And it's interesting because, you know, Dr. Jody Bramer, when she comes on, she's going to talk about like decompression, you Mm -hmm. know, at the end of the day or at the end of certain cycles, like, you know, at the the end of the school year or the end of vacation, because we have all these transitions uh, that we're doing, uh, you know, because a lot of schools, some of the schools at LA Unified this uh, week are back to school today. We don't go back till September 4th, but it's school season again. Yeah, it really is. Uh, we go back, I think, that either the 26th or the 29th of this month. They go back on like a Thursday, Friday, and then they have the Labor Day holiday off. So they've got two short weeks to sort of kick off the year. But, yep, it's it's time to get back into – and it, it's almost a relief because then you're back to a little better schedule. <laughs> I think sometimes it's hard to, uh, it, as much as we love to lay back, the the discord of summer vacation can kind of wear on you a little bit. So I think getting back into a routine. See, I and, like the, go ahead. That's funny. You like the routine. I like it once I'm transitioned. Like I love the summer. I love the, the non-scheduling part of it. Yep. And I love the scheduled yep. part of the fall, but where I struggle is that two, three week transition, you know, with bedtimes exactly. and with, you know, getting up and, and obligation times. It's, it's hard to switch gears from one to the other. You're right. You're right. So multiple multiply that exponentially when you have transitions with people who are off on deployment and coming home, uh, that's incredible. So Jody is going to be on with us uh, to, to help us through some of those transitional things. But before we talk to Jody, we have author Lily Leonardi coming on. Her book, In the Shadow of a Badge, is a, a, a wonderful memoir, an account of her experiences after the flight of, uh, flight, excuse me, Flight 93 in Shankville, Pennsylvania. Um, FBI, uh, police, and now author, so you won't want to miss Lily Leonardi after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. This is TogiNet, cutting-edge radio. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. 
Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. This is Buzz Local Radio. We had just three topics here, and we just added a fourth because we started talking about a hot dog. He's in the band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not let me wear my pants backwards to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wiggity. Buzz Local Radio. Available for free. Download on toginet.com. That's T O G I N E T.com. We'll put in your ass. It's the American way. Help the sound. Put your name at the top of his list. And a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are welcoming guest Lily Leonardi, which is a lot of L's, but it's a really cool name, and it goes with a really outstanding lady and a wonderful book, so we are really happy to have her on today, aren't we, Rob? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do we have Lily? Yes. Hi. How are you? There you you are, Robo-Mom. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Mobile grandma, more like it today. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? I would love yeah, for yeah. you to give our listeners just a quick rundown of your background because it's really interesting. Oh, thank you. So right now it has more to do with being an author and a grandma. But uh, about 30 years ago, I started uh, my career in the law enforcement profession and was the first female on the department here in a small town about 20 miles north of uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, spent my almost my first ten years uh, in patrol as a police officer, and specialized in crimes against children investigations and youth violence prevention. And went on to serve for six years on two college campuses as the chief of uh, police at Chatham and Carlow Universities. And then in uh, 1997, was recruited by the FBI for the position of uh, community affairs, uh, to manage the community affairs for the Pittsburgh Division, which encompassed all of western Pennsylvania and West Virginia as a territory. And while there, I had the privilege of uh, delving into what I uh, thought was uh, the best work of my lifetime in working with young people and trying to prevent them from kind of going down the wrong road and negative choices. And again, was honored to work with about uh, 300 partnering agencies, some of whom were the military. So um, we worked uh, with several branches of the military 
including the um, Army, and um, down in through West Virginia, uh, several other units that, um, and I'm very proud of the fact my father uh, served four years in the military. He was an Army Ranger and part of the Army Air Corps and spent four years during World War II in the South Pacific. Wow. Congratulations. Well, that's an amazing uh, background. I can only imagine that there must be a lot of various stories that must be wanting to come out. Um, was was writing in the shadow of a badge uh, uh, something that came to you during the all of the pro- the events that were taking place, or was it more to just sort of purge all of the emotions that you had had once it was all complete? Well, you know, it. I'd written all my life. Um, um, I'd written for about 40 years, never did anything with it. But it started, the book itself started uh, on the first anniversary, uh, right after the memorial services. The piece about the angelic encounter, I was afraid. I could tell I was beginning um, to become ill and was starting to have problems with flashbacks and different things for a while. And I was worried if something happened to me that the story would be lost. So I placed what I always call the first chapter, but it's actually the third chapter in the book, inside a a book that my father had given me right before he died. It was written by one of our favorite authors that my father uh, was Lebanese by heritage, and one of his favorite authors was Khalil Gibran who in his Maronite faith they considered one of their prophets. And um, so I put it in there because I knew... Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. neat. Yeah. And and the book was Jesus, the Son of Man. And I put it in there and then really never did anything with it until a few years later, where it's part of the therapy for post-traumatic stress. The psychologist and several of the other doctors suggested I begin to journal. And within... A short period of time, the journaling turned into, it, it looked like chapters, and then very soon it was a, a full book. And my, my one brother, who um, I gave him to read it first, he encouraged me to do something with it because he believed it wasn't only a healing tool that could be used for myself, but that others who were affected and afflicted uh, with post-traumatic stress and, of course, to honor uh, those that were killed or injured, um, you know, at 9-11 at the three sites. So um, it was first a healing tool, as I said, but it began, it became more of not only a personal journey, but a journey to use the negative that had happened to try and help with a positive outcome for, for others, too. Now, what, um, you know, when you, uh, when you suffered from, or still are, and I don't know, you know, I don't know the right way to ask this, but um, what were some of the things that you experienced um, for some of our listeners who are not, um, you know, necessarily active? of duty military and been diagnosed so that Mm -hmm. they can recognize I'm particularly interested because you're a female law officer and you know I'd Mm -hmm. like to know in what you experienced um, and that what helped you recognize uh, you know the PTSD so that other people might be able to recognize it in themselves well the recognizing part was hard and the part and the area where I could probably equate with a lot it's probably twofold Uh, those that are 
the family members of the servicemen and women, I will tell you that they will be in denial about it. It took me about five years to accept the diagnosis, and in that time period, what started is um, sleeplessness, flashbacks. I would hear a sound and jump of the telephone. I literally took every telephone out of my house except mm. in the bedroom in case of an emergency. Hypervigilance, uh, uh, that was worse, and it's still the, the hardest part for me, uh, where as soon as, even if the grandkids are rolling around in the grass, I'm yelling at them to stop because they're going to get hurt. I still, that's the hardest part for me. But that was the early onset, and then what I learned was that what the doctors call props, something that's similar in the smells. Like, for instance, uh, one of the first smells at the Flight 93 crash site was the jet fuel mixed with the pine trees because there was a, there was a fire in the forest around the crash site. So one of the first oh, wow. flashbacks I remember was being at a gas station and someone was pumping diesel fuel into a truck and it immediately took me back to to the site that day. So from the perspective of the, the family members that are there to support, I would say that that from the law enforcement, which in my, my mind were brethren to the military because we work to serve and protect on the streets and they work to serve and protect our nation both here and you know abroad but sure. the ego was the hardest part for me from that perspective even though uh, i was a female and there were a lot of soft you know soft emotions that related to my daughter my the people i love my grandchildren i still had a tough edge to me because that was what allowed me to do the job i did and I'm sure knowing, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that are law enforcement profession, but a number of friends that are also um, military. So from that and the denial is is probably the, the, the hardest part. I can't tell you how many times it took, and it wasn't really until um, as a result of not paying attention to the emotional uh, illness the physical illnesses of my heart, my stomach, every aspect mm. of my body, including fibromyalgia, liver problems. And, you know, I don't drink. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't have, like, health issues uh, that relate to why my heart would have been doing, or as my doctors say, there's no organic reason why what still goes on with my body other than the stress. So mm. I would answer that as I have in the twofold. The cop in me didn't think it could ever happen to me and wouldn't accept it. And then um, from um, the other aspect of of knowing that just everything felt like it was crashing in around me, almost yeah. to, the, the, to the point of, of, um, as, I, of as I've told others, every aspect of my life changed. I can only imagine the, um, the the change in your uh, ability to b- 
be I, I don't know quite what, how to word this the ability to be free to say I can take a new challenge because I've been through this I now know I'm stronger uh, I'm able to face this and now I can I can take another challenge I would assume um, we've only got a couple of minutes um, Lily and mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that the segment is coming to a quick close here um, we want to make sure that people know where to find your book and first of all I want to make sure they have your website because your website has such interesting things on it thank you well of, of course again the book is titled In the Shadow of a Badge a memoir mm-hmm. about Flight 93 a field of angels and my spiritual homecoming it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble Hay House um, and many many of the chain stores like Barnes and Noble and Books a Million now have it, and and a lot of the indie stores. Uh, the website is uh, www.lily is l i l l i e leonardi l e o n a r d i dot com, and they can also my my email address and that are also on the website. So, but I just want to say again that. I can. I totally support our military, the service men and women that that and their families, and uh, just to uh, and to respond to the what you had said earlier, when I when I feel sorry for myself, I try to remember that I was one of the lucky ones on that day. I didn't lose a family member. I wasn't aboard uh, one of those flights. Mm. So to be able to serve in the stay of those 40 men and women, particularly on the site that we served at, who honored us by by sacrificing their own lives. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports radio show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and 
special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And what an interesting story, huh, Rob? So interesting. And uh, again, her uh, website, just because we did have to say goodbye so quickly, L-I-L-L-I-E-L-E-O-N-A-R-D-I.com. Fascinating, fascinating. Um, we're going to switch gears just a little bit over to um, Dr. Jody Bramer. Uh, you know, and I'd love to get her thoughts on on the earlier segment, and also to let listeners know that she has two therapy dogs that she's raising, which I just think is really cool. So I want her to open with that, and then we can talk a little bit more about uh, what we just learned today. That sounds wonderful, uh, well, Jody. Hello, are you with us? You. How are you, Robin? <laughs> uh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to be back. Sandra, welcome back from vacation. Thank you. I'm so much more zen. I'm not even the same person. (laughs) (laughs) We all need that. Susie Manning would be so proud of you. (laughs) She would. I stood in the sun and everything. (laughs) Oh, Oh, sun? Oh, that is. (laughs) So you got to tell me, what's going on with these dogs? What are you doing down there in Oceanside? Oh, my gosh. Um, Actually, we have... Two, well, I, I own three dogs, but two of my pups, one is eight months old and one is four months old, um, they are both being trained with the uh, with Sherry's Wounded Warriors Pack. Give a shout out to Sherry's Wounded Warrior Pack in Oceanside. Uh, she works free for the military, training military members uh, to have active service dogs to help them with their uh, PTSD issues or any other issues they have that have culminated from being in the military. She works with both active duty and retired, and we have two pups. One, if, if anybody out there is one of my clients, you know Daphne. She's my white American Eskimo eight-month-old, and she already is <laughs> part of my staff. She works in my office with me with my clients as my therapy dog. And we have another four-month-old, German Shepherd Rescue, which, by the way, a big shout-out to German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County because all those rescue groups with the dogs do wonderful, wonderful things. And um, Jordan is being trained as a PTSD dog, which goes right along with the segment that you were just listening to. Uh, These dogs are specially trained to help specifically um, our warriors who have 
PTSD symptoms. Now, what does, does a dog get trained specifically to a patient or are you using one dog that will sort of help with the processing, almost help you in, in connecting with the, with the person who is, is visiting you or seeing you? That's a very good question. Uh, Sometimes I think uh, Daphne is my, my own therapy, but honestly, her, her, personality and dogs personalities play a big role in this her job is to be ultra sensitive to my clients and kind of be an emotional thermometer uh, when things get kind of elevated in here whether it be crying or escalated voices Daphne is very attuned to that and she'll actually go over to my clients and jump in their lap or give them kisses. And bring uh, bring the temperature down a little bit. My clients who come into the office, they know that Daphne will be there that day, so it's not like a surprise or anybody that's afraid yep. of a dog. I don't bring them in that day. But so many of my clients really have given me such positive feedback about the benefits of having a dog in the in the therapy um, climate with them. And she's she's extremely sensitive, and it's it's really amazing to watch the transition when tempers get flared or if I have a couple that's on my couch arguing and she gets upset and jumps in between them one of the couples will say uh, you know you're upsetting Daphne bring your voice down and <laughs> it's kind of a trigger to let them know that um, you need to come back into a more moderate temperament because only through that temperament will anything be accomplished or get done this is fascinating. Had you ever thought that a dog would be a, your your partner? <laughs> well, having been raised with dogs and having them be a part of my life forever, I've <laughs> always seen the benefit. I've, you know, personally, as you asked, is she for me or is she for my clients? I honestly really couldn't tell you the difference <laughs> because she is she's every bit as much for me as my clients. Just don't tell the airlines if I try to t- travel with her. <laughs> And um, the duties that she'll be performing are very different than the duties that Jordan will be performing. And that's what I think is so fascinating. And uh, Sherry's Wounded Warrior Pack that's working specifically for service dog training for PTSD is fascinating because service dogs can can be trained to do so many things specific to an individual's disability. You can have hearing impaired or sight impaired dogs or... Um, people who are confined to a wheelchair help them be more mobile. But PTSD is very specific. Uh, The things that the dogs are going to be trained to do and the duties that are required of them are um, specific to PTSD symptoms, very similar to what Lily was talking about. Hmm. Do we have enough time to get into any specifics? Pardon? I say I find it fascinating because dogs almost have that that um, supernatural ability to sort of uh, resonate no matter what our emotions are. Absolutely. Um, They're very sensitive in a way that um, human beings never could be. Uh, Not only is their hearing and their their senses heightened, uh, but they really do have the sensitivity. I was watching a news segment yesterday on a woman who was talking about her therapy dog, her actually her um, service dog, 
and saying how her anxiety uh, in being in a situation traveled down the leash into the dog and that the dog could sense her anxiety. And that's exactly true. It, it really is quite amazing. I was mm. working with Jordan, the PTSD dog, the other day and introducing her to traffic for the first time and taking her for a walk along a fairly busy street. And being uh, a 16-week-old puppy who'd never been around a busy street, she was, she was a little bit unnerved. And by the presence of calming her, it, of course, calmed me as well, but mm -hmm. it also taught her that at the end of the leash is somebody that they can count on and that they can be sensitive to. And, hey, if, if my owner, if my walker is doing okay, then it must be okay. And then that will transfer as she gets older and grows up to be able to portray or to, to um, convey that same sense of confidence to the person who's holding her leash to help with any anxiety that's going to happen out in public. Now, Jody, who is giving you the directive as to how to train this dog and for what purpose? Well, the training that Jordan is going through uh, is happening through, as I said, uh, Sherry's Wounded Warrior Project. And okay. that is a sanctioned um, program through, I believe, the Marine Corps. I believe uh, that most mm -hmm. of the people who are there are coming from Camp Pendleton and are Marines, although she's not limiting herself to Marines by any by any measure. Sure. And a lot of it is done, people know about it by word of mouth. I actually heard about her from another client who was using them for their own service dog. Yeah. And the training that Sherry's Wounded Warrior Pack does, again, is very specific to the symptoms of PTSD. Mm -hmm. uh, she teaches the dogs and their own their handlers. That's what that's what we're called. We're the dogs yep. handlers. Yep. How to um, block? One of the commands is to block, and that means to stand in front of the handler and any crowd. So the dog will be taught to walk in a diagonal in front and stand there to keep people from coming too close to to the um, person. Yeah. Uh, there's another command called circle which is exactly what it sounds like. The dog is talk, taught to walk in a circle around the handler, which gives the, the, um, the military member that safe space, which is so important for uh, PTSD people to have this sense that people aren't infringing on their personal space. Uh, it becomes a huge source of anxiety and stress, and that's why you'll see a lot of people who suffer from PTSD standing with their back against a wall or in the far corner mm -hmm. of a restaurant and always with their back against the restaurant so they can see everything else that's happening to them. And this dog acts as a conduit uh, to allow the handler to have that sense that the space is controlled, the space is their own, and um, they, have, they have more control over it than they think. Hmm. And then the very last command, it, one of the ones that I... I we haven't learned yet is when Lily was talking about flashbacks and night uh, nightmares are very mm -hmm. common with um, sufferers of PTSD and the dog is taught to be sensitive to their handlers dreams and if the hand if someone seems to be having a bad dream the dog is taught to jump on top of the person and lay across them to either wake them up or to calm them down or to keep them from being a danger to themselves or others. Wow. 
Fascinating. We've only got a couple of minutes before the break, Jody. Um, How long is a dog in training before they're ready to be with their, their new partner? Well, in this case, with Sherry's Wounded Warrior Pack, they are being trained with their partner. The handler is there and going through training with them. And oh, the I length see. of time that it takes varies from, they call it a team. The handler yep. and the dog are a team. Um, it's not one or the other. They both have to work together. And it depends on how much time the couple, the team, is able yeah. to invest in working together both during the training sessions and outside of the sessions. Oh, and okay. also how long it takes the handler and the dog to kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that it is uh, a process, and um, as much as a wagging tail is wonderful, until the dog really is is, is just uh, at the point where they're they're doing their job, it's a it's got to be a process. Jody, we're going to uh, keep you with us. We're going to a break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Dr. Jody Bramer with us today. Uh, fascinating things about training some service dogs. We'll be right back. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Put 
Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd with you, along with Sandra Beck. We're talking uh, right now with Dr. Jody Bramer. If you missed the earlier part of the show, uh, we spoke with Lily Leonardi. She's the author of In the Shadow of a Badge, among other public that she has produced. You'll want to find her at lilyleonardi.com, and that's L-I-L-L-I-E. You'll also want to check out some of our earlier shows. Um, We have a lot in the bank, so to speak. Uh, You'll find us all at militarymomtalkradio.com. You'll find us at iTunes, and you'll also find all of our podcasts right here on the Toganet station on our show page. Right now, we are with Dr. Jody Bramer. She's a licensed mayor and family therapist and she's a good friend to military mom talk radio to share her time we've discussed reintegration we've discussed relationships and we are uh talking a little bit today about uh service dogs but also how they are complementing uh, a person's life i i guess that's the way we say it it's not just um, the therapy for the moment that you are with a therapist or a team partner, you are um, beginning to launch life after military service and or any service. Sometimes PTSD does not necessarily have to come from military service. It comes from a lot of sources. So we're so glad that there are many advancements. People are sort of opening the box and looking at this recognition in so many different lights. Um, Jody, when you are talking to a family, um, some of the things that you might want to talk about is sort of either reconnecting or um, talking to them about uh, finding each other or finding the new person within each other. That's sort of an open-ended question, but what are some of the things that you talk to families about? Oh God! Are we talking about are we talking about finding each other at the end of the day, or are we talking about finding each other, uh, checking in in life and reconnecting when you forget what it's like to have a spouse, and instead you're just having somebody who lives in the house helping raise the kids? It's true. It's twofold. I think when when at the end of the day we need to refine ourselves. But then it's it's sort of a uh, a bigger version of it when all of a sudden you've reconnected after a separation. Um, maybe let's talk a little bit about the end of the day. I, I know my husband and I have our time first thing in the morning. We have our coffee, and we may not see each other for the rest of the afternoon, but in the morning is our coffee time, and that's our special time. That is so important. But what I find with Marines um, or military folk is that usually somebody's out of the house before the rest of the family might be up. So yeah. <laughs> uh, being, being able to spend that morning time together is really something to cherish. Um, a lot of times the reconnection has to happen after everybody's come home, whether it's with a working mother or a non-working mother. Well, there is no such thing as a non-working mother. A mother yes. who works outside of the home or a mother who mm-hmm. works inside the home. And then, of course, the father, who I don't mean to be sexist, the the mother might be the military member as well. Um, Sure, Absolutely. 
So what we're looking at is how do you find each other at the end of the day and still give each other what they need um, in order to kind of decompress and uh, come down from whatever your duties were during the day, whether it be on the home front or in the work front. Both people have to be very conscientious of the fact that you have to leave work at work. Mm-hmm. And when you come home, there does need to be a transition time of, you know, taking off that one hat and putting on another one. But the reality is, is that if you've got somebody at home waiting, or if you are the person at home waiting, there has to be that transition to let the other person decompress. And if somebody is at home waiting for the other partner to come home, when the other person comes in, you have to give them that time, whether it be... 10 minutes or 20 minutes, depending on how tough their day was, for them to kind of regroup and take their boots off as it is, um, Mm -hmm. to kind of get their head back in the game so they can start the new evening ahead, which is to be centered and with the family. And the only thing that's required is if the person at home gives the transition person that time, it has to be mutual. And then the transition Mm -hmm. person, when they've decompressed or gotten their few minutes of transition in there, they've got to be able to come out and say to the person at home, okay, it's your turn, what do you need? And they may need something as simple as help setting the table or it may be something as complicated as I need to get out of here before I kill somebody. (laughs) Let me take a walk around the block or go to the gym or go to the store alone or do whatever I need to. You need to take over for a while and give me my time as well. And then... The evening events have to come and people have schedules that have to keep. And then hopefully, if there's still time at the end of the day, they can have what you and your husband have, which is the coffee time, Mm -hmm. and sit and be present together. And being present together can be something as simple as sitting and holding hands and watching TV together or actually sitting down and having a chat about what your days were like or or what's going on in your life and catching the other person up. I think too, uh, talk about sometimes we talk about uh, a song that might be on. We'll, we'll usually have music on and sometimes it'll be, Oh, did you, uh, where, where were you when this song was out? Oh, I remember I was at the beach or I remember I was in Vietnam, you know, (laughs) the the differences of where we were at a particular, where a particular song was. Um, I was fortunate that uh, I was able to do when Steve was working crazy hours, I was able to get up with him before the kids were up we would have our coffee he'd go off and then I would it'd be time for me to get the kids going and then I would either take a power nap later on or or do whatever I needed to do but it was worth it for me to get up and I was going to kind of say in order to have this communication sometimes there has to be a little give and take maybe a little sacrifice Maybe it's staying up a little bit later at night and and catching or the power nap, or maybe it's that uh, a little text during the day that's that's that reconnection. I know sometimes when Steve and I are away from each other, we'll send each other a little "I love you" or whatever through it, just in a text message, just to be able to stay connected. Um, I I just oh absolutely think that's so uh, necessary. Oh, I agree. I agree. If if your schedules permit that, what a wonderful thing to be able to do in this age of technology, my goodness. It used to be when I was growing up that my father would always call my mother 
uh, at one o'clock in the afternoon. He was a doctor. Oh. He left for work in the morning, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom of four kids uh, up until I was like seven years old. And I remember every day around one o'clock, the phone would ring, and it would be my dad calling just to check in. And yeah. that kind of set a precedent. And I thought, how wonderful that they have that connection throughout the day, because who knows when mm-hmm. he would come home at night. And to know that there would be that thought of each other during the day, I mean, that's probably what contributes to them still being married 58 years later. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. We're not there yet. We're only 37 years, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on the well 50 on some. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I'm- wonderful, Robin. I'm thinking, too, of this young couple that we're very good friends of, and he's a police officer, and she's just gone back to work. And the, the talking about this giving each other the time, he would be uh, – he works uh, – he's an officer in the, in the city, so he does see some intense things. Um, and we're talking shootings. We're talking horrific things that people shouldn't have to even witness and then uh, having to come home and having to uh, like you say decompress but he has to let her know okay um, let let's I'm I'm ready or I'm I'm I you know I just took a shower and now I'm I'm ready to give you a hug or whatever I guess that communication is so important what I, what I suggest to my couples is that they do have that communication, that when one of them comes home at the end of the day, to say, to actually say, I need five minutes, I need yeah. 30 minutes, I need something. Because people can't read each other's minds. And when yes. somebody walks in the door, the people who are at home, they wanted to jump on them and, and love them and share the day and this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for somebody to come home. And and the person who's walking in the door feels oftentimes overwhelmed and not ready. And uh, they need to say, to actually say, I, I need this amount of time to regroup. It's as if you have a pitcher full of water and all day long you've been pouring the water out. And at the end of the day, you have no water left in the pitcher. So when your family comes to need you or your spouse comes to need you, you don't have anything left to give. But if you ask for those, those few precious moments and you ask for it, you actually say, I need some time, this amount of time, then the pitcher has a chance to refill a little bit and you have a little bit more water to, to pour out for the rest of the day. You have a little bit more to give. And I use yeah. the picture as just a visual analogy, but the truth is, if the picture is empty, you got nothing to give. Exactly, exactly. So don't let it get all the way empty. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, gotta refill some it that. somehow. Yeah. Gotta make Stir sure some you of got that the water somewhere else. <laughs> oh, Jody, I'm easier than others. <laughs> Yeah, we are coming to the end of the show. Jody. I want to make sure that everybody has your website. Would you let people know where they can find you? Absolutely. I am at www.jodybramer.com, and that's J-O-D-Y, and my last name is Bramer, B as in boy, R-E, M like Mary, E-R, jodybramer.com. And if you're in Southern California, that's where I'm located, and I'm here to help. 
That's wonderful. And I do hope you'll send us a picture of, of some of your uh, dogs that you're working with, that you're teaming with right now, because um, <laughs> I think that the, <laughs> I'm just so excited to. to hear about these. We'd love to share them with our listeners. Thanks so much, Jody. I appreciate that. We're always delighted when Jody comes to visit us. Thanks to Lily Leonardi and thanks to Jody Bramer and thanks to all of you for being with us. We wish you well. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week on Military Mom Talk Radio. Thank you for being part of Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com with Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here each week to provide a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. For more information on the show or Sandra and Robin, go to militarymomtalkradio.com. This is their mission helping military moms. So join us again next Monday for Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, Monday afternoons, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Toginet.